Welcome to Coast to Coast, an NBA podcast by the fans, for the fans. My name is Chris, and hosting with me is my guy, Ronan. Tune in every week as we dive into the hottest content and emerging rumors across the league. Dodgers pulls up, three-pointer, bang, bang, it's good, Dodgers wins the game at the buzzer. Don't miss a beat, whether it's a star on the move or the Knicks acquiring another forward, we got you covered. Zion for four, for four, welcome to the NBA. The game is constantly evolving, and whether it's by the eye test or advanced stats, we'll give you the analysis you need to take your fandom to the next level. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! Sit back and relax. Coast to Coast starts now. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast. It is not Christmas morning, but we do have NBA games tonight. It's almost as good. Christmas is a couple days away. And what's up, my man, Ronan? How are you doing? Are you excited? Are you pumped? Oh, man, I'm doing good. I'm just uh, I'm just really excited to have the NBA back and uh, even more excited to see KD and Kyrie taken to the floor tonight against, uh, against the Warriors. Let's just hope they can uh, they can show some of their talents, too. We got a fresh slate of games tonight. Before we get into any of that, what we want to do today, we want to finish up our West Coast preview. We got a few big teams to talk about. And before we talk about that, we got a slew of extensions last night as this shortened offseason came to a close and these third-year players are looking to stick with their teams. We want to jump into a few of them here. So first, Luke Kennard get four years, $64 million from the Clippers. Now we're going to grade all these. And what's your take on this real quick? I like the move from, from the Clippers. Uh, he's not the, the the whole package just yet, but still only a young guy. He's just, he's got very important qualities that you need in, in, in a player. And, and he's the kind of player that you always need in a, in a team that are competing for championships. So, I mean, it could turn out to be a dud, but I think it was a smart move from the Clippers to uh, to sign him up on this deal. I'm giving it a C. Only reason I'm giving it a C is I've seen flashes from him in Detroit, and I think the upside there, playing alongside superstars and being a 40% shooter, having a low play making up the bench might help out. But I think you heard those those uh, words from Kawhi himself. Not so sure if he's going to re-sign. There's no def- definite there. Signing Kennard to a long-term deal, not sure how I feel about it. And similar thoughts, honestly, for Derek White, Getting signed with the Spurs, four years, $73 million off of a year where he scored 11.3 points per game, 37% from three on kind of low volume, and he's 26 years old. What do you think? This one was a surprise. Not so much a surprise that they extended him. It's just that he he was they felt that he was worth that amount of money and that and, and signing that sort of deal. I mean, I was when I saw that come out, I, it, it kind of took me it took me aback. Uh, so looking at it on paper, I, I'd be given that probably a C minus, but right hoping for, for the Spurs' sake that he can kind of prove that he's worth that sort of deal now in, 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 over the next couple of years. Look, a lot of what he does isn't on paper. A lot of it is 
being a defensive, um, being their defensive key on terms of defending the other other team's point guards and shooting guards, and he can really move well off of screens like that. But that, but again, seventy three million. You barely played him with Dejounte Murray last year, and that's supposed to be your backcourt of the future now. This is another guy I think they should have waited. They should have waited another year, see what happens. Maybe they might even move on from DeRozan at this point. But you still got Lonnie Walker on this team, who a lot of people are high on. Mm-hmm. Um, but jumping over, got a couple more here. Ananobi, four years, seventy-two million. This is one I really like. Last year is one of the league's more efficient scores. 58.4% efficient uh, effective field goal percentage, shooting 39% on his threes and defending one through four. I give that a solid A minus by the Raptors. Yeah, I like the I like the move and uh, just kind of it's a, it's good for OG and it's good for Toronto. I mean, obviously, it it all happened came together so quickly when they won that championship and then last year they still had a really solid year, but I don't think anyone was really expecting anything major out of them. And then there was a lot of question marks this year. They lost Marcus Saul. They could have lost uh, Fred Van Vliet. Of course, they signed him to a new deal. And now they're signing OG as well. I think it's just smart moves from them. And, of course, OG Ananobi, just you're playing, paying for the potential there. Uh, he's Obviously, he's showing up uh, certain aspects of his game, but there's definitely still uh, still an untapped reservoir of, of ability in that guy. So, yeah, I would... I'd say I'll, I'll go B, B plus for my grade, but yeah, definitely a good move from, from the Raptors. Absolutely. And we got to remember, he's 23 years old. And the reason he had gotten so far in the draft to the Raptors is because of his knee injury in college. And he was being touted as a potential lottery pick until he got injured. And Kawhi was there. He didn't really have a chance to sign, but he showed up as a defender. And I think last year, the year before, was kind of that was Pascal Siakam's years. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see if he takes another jump. He's young enough to do it. I agree with you there. Um, a guy that's not young that everyone thinks is still a young guy, Kyle Kuzma. Three years, $40 million. The Lakers clearly love him. Gene Bussey clearly loves him. Do you love him at $40 million? Mm, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still kind of on the fence with, with, with Kuzma. Because, of course, I mean, last year was so different from his first two years with the Lakers because he was coming off the bench for the most part. But I think this year, I'm not really sure what way the Lakers are going to play it, but if he's coming in as a starter, he's got to be the third star that everyone is expecting him to be. I mean, that's just as simple as they've paid him the money. It's time for him to step up and show it because if he doesn't, they will maybe struggle to retain their title and then they'll probably look to trade him if he doesn't show up and show that he deserves the money that they're paying him. So... I mean, a lot of talent in this kid, but unless he can shoot more efficiently from three, uh, be kind of a better, more effective defender and just an all-around more efficient scorer, he is going to be a bit of dead weight for this Lakers team. So at the very moment, I'm going to give it a C plus, but I would like to be surprised by Kuzma. 25, I mean, it's not, not, not too old, but... Certainly, it's it's time for him to uh, to show up. Agreed. I gave that a C plus. Also, defense is just the biggest question. I mean, you know, you know, he can he can flash it on the offensive end. Efficiency is still getting there. I think a lot of it has to do with all the roster changes they've had and and dealing with different lineups because he's not a lead guy 
and he never will be. Even off the bench, he showed he, he's not. He can have flashes of it, but defense is still that question. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about his role with the Lakers. But play if he if he can excel off the bench, I think this is going to be a good number. And that's that's what it's going to come down to. And the last couple we got here, um, the Magic securing a couple of their young guys, re-signing Jonathan Isaac to four-year, eighty million dollar deal. Fresh off a knee injury, which we'll we'll see how how he comes back from that. Um, no timetable yet that I've heard. And Markel Fultz, three years, fifty million dollars. What's your take? Well, with Fultz, I mean, that's they've they've shown a lot of faith in him. I mean, oh, yeah, everything is kind of nothing's really come together for Marcel Fultz in the NBA, unfortunately. But he's appears to have found a settled home now in Orlando. They clearly have faith that he can show at least some of the talents that were projected when he was drafted into the NBA. So, I mean, he's worked, he's got this deal. He's got a team that wants him, who wants them to be one of their star players. I mean, you've got, you don't, don't have to worry about the contract situation. You just got to go out there and play basketball. And let's see. I mean, I'd love to see Marcel Fultz, kind of show what we thought we were uh, Philly were going to get when they when they drafted him but I don't know at this very moment I'm going to give it a C plus because I think it could it could still go either way yep I I might be a little bit higher on it I'm, I'm going to give this a collective a minus and the reason why is the magic have done an excellent job at letting go of talent look at Victor Oladipo for example the list can go pretty long on that. And they've never given the young guys a chance. And I think right now they're learning from that. They're keeping Aaron Gordon around. They're keeping Jonathan Isaac around. Two guys who could be all NBA defensive players. So they got that going for them. They got Markel Fultz, who can, who's proven to be an elite defender at times and is clearly getting better. But it just comes down to investing in their young guys. They're showing that they're going to do it. And, you know, these might not be future contenders, but they're giving themselves a chance to be. And that's that's what you got to do in this, especially in the East. You just got to invest on your young guys. So A minus, good to see them change their ways in the front office there. And don't want to go too long on it, but we talked about Rudy Gobert last episode. We talked about how he wanted Supermax. I particularly talked about how I didn't think it was worth it. And he got signed to his four-year, $205 million extension. He's now making similar money to Curry and making more money than Westbrook, Chris Paul, James Harden, more than LeBron. What did you think when he signed that? Are you still are you still tracking with that? Do you feel a little better about it? Maybe this, um, maybe a little bit more positive, but I still think he's he's got the biggest big contract in the history of the NBA. And I mean, forty-one million a year. I'm sorry, but a guy has to be a guy that's going to dominate for you on both ends of the court if you're going to be paying him that money. That's how I would look at it. And I think they're stuck with him now, so they've committed. So they're going to have their. This is Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. That's the, that's the Jazz's winning formula. They're going to have to build around them too because they're they're stuck with that contract. They are not going to be able to trade it. That's. From a contract perspective, 
and from a play perspective, I'm totally on board with that. You know, I, I still stand by that to make super max money, you got to be a two-way superstar. That's two-way superstar money. That's LeBron James money. That's Kawhi Leonard money. But, you know, what, I, what I've been seeing a lot is, is people harping on his offensive impact and that he's not worth that and going on and on and on about his offense. And I totally agree with that. When it comes to offense, he's an average impact player. When it comes to everything else, when it comes to defense, I mean, he is the best defender in the league. He won back-to-back defensive player of the year for a reason. And when you look at his impact metrics, it makes him a top 15 player with average def- average offense alone and his elite defense. I mean, this is the guy that held James Harden to 38% from the rim. The, the guy who, who destroys every defense in the league and Rudy Gobert has taken him out at the rim. And I think for a team like the Jazz, where you are looking around, you're seeing people lock up their stars, I get that you can't, you can't lose that. And if Gobert is going to be aggressive about a contract, it's the same old song that we're seeing across the league that you can't lose your stars and they're going to leave unless you sign them to that Supermax. And if Gobert is going to stick with the Jazz, if you're going to build something with Donovan Mitchell, you just really hope that pairing is long-term because just like you said, they're not going to trade that. So maybe maybe I changed my, my grade from that, from like a C-ish to like a B-plus-ish. But uh, that offensive end, you look at a shot chart, it's best in the league inside. Best in the league. Led the league in dogs, led the league in... Uh, effective field goal percentage, didn't take a single three. And that's never going to change. You wonder how that's going to fit alongside a guy like Donovan Mitchell who needs the spacing to do his thing. But that's what we got now for contract extensions. That is now over. And of note, and to keep keep our eye on throughout the season, these guys will now be entering restricted free agency next year. Lonzo Ball, Lowry Markkinen, Jared Allen, John Collins, Zach Collins, and Josh Hart. So a few of those guys were supposedly core pieces of their teams, teams like the Bulls, teams like the Pelicans, teams like the Hawks, who are all trying to get into the playoffs. So we'll see how the storylines play out. We'll see how those players respond to the pressure of a contract looming over them. And I'll be interested to see how that works out. But speaking of the Pelicans, we want to start our deep dive there. And we want to maybe not overreact a little bit, but I liked what I saw from the preseason. I liked how Steph Van Gundy, Steve Van Gundy has got this team going so far. How do you feel about them going into this season? Uh, I, I'm, I'm liking the look of this this uh, Pelicans team. I mean, obviously we kind of only saw flashes, but Ingram and Williamson are, are looking like a, a duo that could really, really do something this year. And I think obviously it was always going to be a bit of a change, new coach, Stan Van Gundy in, but this is a guy who knows how to succeed. I mean, eight out of his 12 years as a coach, he's he's got to the playoffs. And most important thing about the Pelicans team is we just want to see Zion. That's the biggest mm-hmm. thing. We missed out last year. This year, we want to see Zion play the full season. And let's just see what all the hype was about. Let's see him answer the, answer the questions and be a highlight, highlight real player night after night. That's that's the biggest thing about New Orleans this year. I'm I'm very intrigued with how that that duo is going to look like. I mean, it it seems almost perfect. Like Zion is this bruising interior player, and then you got Ingram, who's got the finesse and the mid range shot, and the playmaking, and I think that could be if they if they run it, and we'll we'll see how SVG wants to run it. But 
having Ingram and Zion in a pick and roll pairing, I think that that's going to be the half court offense I'd, I'd like to see, especially if they're going into the playoffs. Um, I'd, I'd like to see how they actually run their offense because last year they were second in the league in pace. I mean, they were running up and down the court. That's the, that's Alonzo ball effect, but Van Gundy, he's known for his slow pace, half court offense. I, I see this going one of two ways. I think you don't want to take away the way they run the floor because that's really their identity but they were also one of the worst half court offenses last year. And actually they led the league in turnovers. So just those two things alone, if, if Van Gundy could fix that there, they vault themselves from being this, this volatile young team to being a lot more consistent. That's going to be huge for them. I think. Yeah, definitely. And I think obviously offense is going to be the key for this team. You usually kind of look at that when you see young teams that are just trying to find their way in the league. I think you get the offense right first because they have the offensive talent is, is where this team is going to thrive. I mean, their defensive rank last year, they ranked 21st in the league. So they'll be open to boost that up a little bit, but definitely offense is, is probably the first uh, the first thing that uh, Van Gundy is going to have to work on and just becoming a more uh, more efficient team and just finding the right formula for their star players to, to excel. Uh, win totals for this team, we're looking at 39. What do you, what do you think there? I think that's high. I, I think that that's that's the number I look at if everything goes right to me. And the the reason I'm not as high on that is the way their starting lineup is looking. So I don't see how you're going to space the floor when you got Eric Bledsoe, when you got Zion Williamson, when you got Steve Adams on the floor there. Um, it's going to make it a lot tougher on Brandon Ingram who is now going to be dealing with a lot more defensive attention after the year he had last year. And it's going to make it a lot harder for, for Zion too. You're get, what, what are you going to do with Steven Adams when they're both on the floor? I think defensively, they're going to be, they're going to be really, really good. I, I think they can jump up from being a 21st team in the league in defense, being to a top 10, top five team. I mean, they're offensive rebounding. They're already a top five team in offensive rebounding, but offensively that's going to be tough. I mean, they're going to really need to run the fast break and score off defense, but it'll it'll take a lot of surprising uh, developments in people's games in order for that offensive side, especially in the half court, to work out. I'm taking the other. Yeah, I'd probably have to agree with you there, but you know, yeah, you're right. All comes together. That 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 win percentage be would would make sense. I mean. Looking at some of their, we caught their important players, Ingram and Williamson, they're the important players. We all know that. But off-season moves, bringing in Bledsoe. They lost they lost Drew Holiday, but they got Bledsoe in. And I think that's that was a really smart move. I mean, this guy's got three years in the regular season conquering books team. Elite defender, great experience. He's going to add points and some creativity on offense as well. I think that was that was an important piece to add when, when losing Drew Holiday. Really? I I don't know. I I'm not I'm super sold on him in terms of the defensive end. I'm I'm sold on on his his impact in the the open court. I I don't like him next to Zion. I don't I don't like him next to Zion and I don't like him next to Lonzo. And I'm not sure how they're gonna fit it. And I'm really curious to see how it's going to go over the first 20 games. I won't overreact now. I, I definitely won't because I like Eric, Eric Bledsoe as an individual player. 
but that he's he's one of my main concerns on, on this team. I, I think he doesn't he doesn't add what you needed. He doesn't add the the playmaking and the shooting that you that I would have thought you would have needed on a team like this. Um, but I think that one thing that we need to see the question for me in terms of players is how does Lonzo improve? And we talked about him entering restricted free agency. His three point shooting became really good last year. Not not off the uh, not off the dribble. He was mainly used as a off ball shooter when he didn't have the ball in his hands. But in order for him to be a good pick and roll player, he's going to need to develop that off the dribble shot. He's going to need to develop his mid range shot. And what did we see in the preseason? He was shooting a lot of mid rangers, and I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because you need to see that in order for him to be successful alongside. Um, Zion Williamson and that's the big question is is he going to be successful around your cornerstone piece and that's number one going to decide whether he's going to get extended or not but that's also going to decide how successful they are in the half court because I'm not sold on on Bledsoe being the fit there yeah I think uh, Lonzo definitely be the guy that uh, not, not too many people are are thinking about I mean you know what you get with him he can be a great playmaker it's just the whole question about adding scoring efficiency that's that's the biggest thing for him I mean, he showed that he's capable, but if he wants to be a part of this Pelicans team's future, he's gonna have to, he's gonna have to show show that a little bit more. And yeah, of course he's capable, but we'll see. We'll see come around, come around the midseason mark, around the usual All Star break. We'll see. We'll see what sort of way this uh, this Pelicans team is is running, and we'll see how how Lonzo is, is fitting in with uh, with Van Gundy uh, at the helm. Um, Potential trades for this team. One thing I saw was looking at bringing in Derrick Rose as a backup PG, which I think would be an interesting move from them. Interesting. I, I I see them holding on to all their young guys, except for for Alonzo. I, I'm I think that it, they definitely showed that they were willing to to pair him with with Zion, but clearly the questions of long term fit are there. And his play, like you said, over the next few months are really going to determine whether or not he's going to be there the long term, because there are going to be teams out there that are interested in him. Lonzo could be the guy to get moved if it just doesn't work out. Bledsoe also, depending on how their playoff hopes are looking. And if they do somehow sneak into the eighth seed, they're going to be facing, I think, our Lakers. We wanted to talk about that. I'm going to jump right over. The Lakers are ranked number one in power ranking. Everyone's talking about whether or not they're going to be even better than last year. It's pretty convincing off of the, the moves they made. They're adding in Marcus Saul, adding in Montrez Harrell, and not in free agency. They're adding in a guy to their rotation, Taylor Horton Tucker, who everyone's going crazy about. We'll see. We'll, we'll talk about if that's real or not. And Wesley Matthews. This team is already deeper. This team is already going to be able to play different lineups than they did last year. Are you feeling the the Warriors-esque dominance that some people are talking about? Yeah, I think it's absolutely possible. I think the offseason moves they made in re-signing players, I think, was kind of the big thing for them. Obviously, re-signed LeBron, they've re-signed AD, KCP, and Kuzma. I mean, they've got they've got they've got the settled uh, the settled team there now to build around. And I mean. I see AD as the guy that's gonna gonna step up yet again. I mean, obviously he was unbelievable last year, and it's asking a lot to see him even improve on that. This, but 
I think he's got so much, so much ability. And I think as the years, the next couple of years go by, you're going to see LeBron. He'll still contribute because he's just a freak, freakish athlete. But AD, it's going to become his team more and more. And pressure is going to be on him to take an even bigger jump, which I think he's more than capable of doing. Uh, along with the signings of Schroeder, I think that was a great, that was a really good move for, from uh, from the Lakers. And obviously you mentioned Matthews, I think. Another guy got a good shot, solid on D. I mean, that's that's kind of, those are kind of the players that the Lakers needed. There, there, there wasn't a lot, there wasn't enough shooting in the team, I think, last year. I think that's an area where they would, they did need some improvement. And I think they've, they've done a good job at, at uh, trying to plug that hole uh, in the offseason. Yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised. I mean, last year, the way that they put this team together, it was so clunky that I just, like, I wasn't I wasn't behind it at all. I I, I honestly wasn't sure that they were going to make it to the finals. And obviously, you never bet against LeBron. I, I never learned my lesson. I'm always looking for the underdog. But you never bet against LeBron. And the way that they've built this team now, it's even more convincing that they might win another – championship we'll, we'll we'll see another team on this list that that could challenge them but i don't i don't see how this fails i mean th- there's a couple question marks that that need to be sorted out but they're not major ones i mean dennis Schroeder. my question is how are they going to operate off the ball and i think the answer to that is look at okc i mean he did fantastic in okc how billy donovan was running him off the ball running him on the ball when when both point guards are off the floor but lebron is going to sort that out i mean Schroeder talked a little bit, which is which is funny. He talked to not American media. He, he talked over to German media talking about how he didn't want to be a bench guard anymore. He's ready to be a so he's like, I'm ready to be in a starting role and I, I can be the starting point guard for this team. But we know that the best lineups this year for the Lakers were with LeBron at the one. Schroeder can be a good off-ball shooter, but I don't think he needs to be. I think he's going to accept that if he's going to win a championship, he's going to be coming off the bench. That, that's a question for me. And I mean, you said it with Davis and like, he's been always at the top in terms of discussing best players in the league, but he's never entered that best player in the league discussion. That, that's, that's never been discussed. And what I don't want to see happening, I'm, I'm sick of seeing all over Twitter, these Duncan davis comparisons who's better who's not i mean these two guys are are very different for for many reasons and as a fan base we just need to stop we need to stop with these player comparisons like just enjoy these two different players and maybe compare them at the end of their their careers because i mean that this guy's still young still has potential to grow and we're not going to overreact off of some step back threes but davis is clearly showing that he can take command of the offense and he doesn't need LeBron on the floor all the time for him to create for this team. He can do it. He can become that guy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's going to have to. I mean, at the end of the day, LeBron, I'm never. I'm not going to count against him or anything, but the guy is going to be 36 in December. I mean, this, this is his 18th season. I mean, he's going to have to start slowing down a little bit at some point. And even this year, we're looking at him probably even – not playing that many regular season games as well, so it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be AD's team for for large periods of, of this season, and he's just he's shown already last year that he's capable without LeBron on the court. Of course, they're the duo that you want to see together. But I mean, Davis last year 
average 26 points, nine boards, over 2.3 blocks. This guy is capable of kind of pushing that up a little bit again. I mean, it's kind of scary that he still hasn't reached his ceiling, I don't think. And the more the offense revolves around him, I think the better he's going to get. Imagine, like, how the lineups that they can do here. They can stagger LeBron and Davis. They don't need them both on the floor at the same time. I mean, when they, when they need to kill teams, they will. But now that you have a solid enough bench, you don't just have Kuzma or Lyon and, and Caruso. You got Montrez Harrell. And Montrez Harrell, when he's being used, if, if you can get Montrez Harrell to play alongside Anthony Davis, I mean, you can't stop that. If you, if you can hide him on the defensive end and you have two top 10 rim rollers and Anthony Davis has shown he can stretch the floor, that's, that's a front court alone that's going to give teams a lot of problems. And that's not talking about the, the effect of you have Anthony Davis and Marcus on the floor. Marcus all, if he's still got that shot that he showed in, in Toronto when he's a willing shooter from the perimeter that just opens everything up for, for Davis. And I mean, they, they look like small moves, but having Wesley Matthews and KCP, you got two very, very good wing defenders. I mean, th- this team is just built for a championship and we, you don't even need Taylor Horton. Tucker. That's just the icing on the cake. If he's a legitimate rotation piece, that's great. That like, everyone's overreacting to the fact that he's blown up in the preseason here. And, I, but I think it's sustainable in a, in a bench role. This isn't your third star, but they won't be a sieve when they put out their bench units out there. And that's going to be massive, 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 not just for the success of the team, but keeping LeBron healthy, keeping AD healthy. They don't got to play these guys 35 minutes a game. They, they can rest them a couple nights here and there and, and not be losing games. So they're, what, what's what's their win total at here? I'll, whatever it is, I'm taking we, the over. We got we got 44. I'm oh I'm easily taking the over on that. Absolutely, absolutely. I I, I think I know it's a shortened season, but I think they could be uh, if if they're if they're not resting too much, I, I think they can hit 50 wins this year. Yeah, for I sure. Definitely agree with you there on that, on that one, especially if uh, if we get to see. Uh, Good, good bits of uh, of AD and LeBron. They're definitely definitely capable of hitting that fifty mark. No water to them. And potential trade, I don't, I don't see it. I, I think they're gonna, they're gonna stick with this, this team. I don't think they, they make any moves here, um, unless somehow Schroeder is just a disastrous fit there. I, I don't, I don't see that happening. Um, unless Taylor Horton Tucker gets enough value, or you can get something out of him, maybe. But I, I think this is the team we're going to see now and the team we're going to see in the finals. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think they, they've, they've made their moves. They, I think the re-signings were obviously the biggest thing for them. And they've made those we've, they've made those moves. They made some smart, some, some smart signings. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always high on the Lakers. I'm always high on LeBron. They're, they're going back to the finals. I, 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 can, I can see that. No, no trades are needed. This team's got it. The only team that might have something to say about that is the Los Angeles Clippers. So this is the battle of LA that we wanted, that we didn't get last year, that we deserved. But they have a lot of questions to sort out, and a lot of them aren't even strategic. I'm not feeling great about the Clippers going to this season. And really, it's because we need to answer the questions about the chemistry. When you have chemistry issues in the locker room, 
is this something that's going to get fixed by by Ty Lue? Is Ty Lue going to do enough to to keep this team happy and together? Um, talk about them for me a little bit. What, how are you feeling about them? Do you, you think that their Paul George extension is enough? Getting rid of uh, Montrez Harrell and inserting Serge Ibaka in there is enough. Does that do it for you? It's hard to say. I think I'd be. I'd have to agree with you. I'd agree on the the kind of the chemistry, the, the kind of the mentality of the team is kind of the biggest thing. But I would say getting it back in for Harrow could prove to be an absolute masterstroke. That's one one move. I think that was. I was very very clever. I think uh, Baka shows his best self. He's able to stay healthy, and they've they made a, a genius move in, in letting go of Harrow and bringing bring in bringing in Surge. Resigning, got two big resigners. They resigned uh, Maris as well as Paul George. I mean, I think it was important that they did the deal with George if they if they wanted to commit to him because I think there was a lot of kind of questions in the air after his mediocre at best uh, uh, first season with uh, the Clippers. But everything they gave up for him, I think they kind of had to commit. But I mean. Yeah, you've got the big deal, Paul. But can you show up in playoff time? Okay, you can probably going to show up uh, in the regular season this year. Hopefully, you'll have a better year than you did last year. But playoffs is where it's going to count. That's what that's what the Clippers are all about. They want playoff success. Can he offer it to them? I still don't know. Yeah, I mean, we, we've we've talked about Paul George before. Um, I I, I might have went a little bit off the rails calling him a a better version of Marcus Morris. Um, I feel like I need to take that back on air, <laughs> but it's true. I mean, he had his worst game. It was worst season since 2013, just after he had his career year in OKC. Um, I mean, you, you can look at it as a difference in play style. Um, maybe Doc Rivers did run him too much as an off-ball player, even though the numbers don't show that. Maybe it was playing alongside Kawhi, just getting used to that. And a lot of it definitely you can say is the bubble. I mean, every report is, has said that the Clippers, they were the unhappiest team in the bubble. They hated being there. They didn't gel together at all. And I think that was ultimately their downfall. Um, but Paul George has to just do a lot to recover his image around the league right now. Um, I mean, people, we can't go too far in terms of the, the Paul George hate. I mean, he was still ranked as a top 15 player. You can look at his impact metrics. You can look at his his um, the way that he impacts a game still on the defensive end. We can't talk enough about the fact that he's still a top 10 defender. He's still going to be a top 15 offense talent. And everyone's sleeping on the Clippers because of all this noise. But let's not forget the fact that they still have a top five player in Kawhi Leonard. They still got Paul George and they still, and they just got Serge Ibaka, which you said is going to be massive for them. That's going to be a very interesting bet if they meet in the playoffs, because they knowingly did not re-sign Montrez for the same money and took Serge Ibaka. They could have gotten both. They could have gotten both, but they chose to go with Luke Kennard and Serge Ibaka instead. And Marcus Morris, it's clear to me that they knew that his defensive talent wasn't enough to take them to the the finals we'll, we'll see how that works out if they end up meeting in the in the playoffs but people need to sleep, stop sleeping on this team i think there's a lot of anomalies that came about last year especially with the bubble and the whole covid situation that forced them out of contention i mean the, the three losing the three game lead that was tough but 
it's too much. Let's just let's just hope that they don't end up in another bubble this year because I mean we're not totally <laughs> out of it yet. So praying for the Clippers that we don't get back have to go back to another bubble for the playoffs this year, or else they or else they might might be in a big hole again. Um, obviously we talked to important players. Another guy we haven't really touched on yet, Lou Williams. Um, just the guy that comes off the bench just so he can win six man of the year. That's that's what Lou. We all know that's what Lou Williams is, but end of the day this you kind of feel like Lou Williams is the guy that kind of makes the Clippers team tick he's kind of the bright smiley face around the team and you just kind of like you always it's just something about him that kind of would draw you in, into the Clippers I mean last year he averaging 18 points nearly six assists shooting 35 percent from three I mean the guy's got talents but it's just kind of the question of how we can impact the team come the playoff time and whether they're going to be interested in maybe looking at possible trades because I think that's still another another question mark that's over Lou Williams at the moment. That's That was my question. Is he is he either their sixth man of the year or is he their trade ship? On, and this year, though, on a team that has so many chemistry questions, you're absolutely right that Lou Williams is an important guy in terms of in chemistry. Like you, you can't state enough how important it is to have a guy like him on the team. Um, <laughs> but then your chemistry guy is also the guy that snuck out of the bubble and caused all sorts of problems for them last, last year, or last season. But he, it's in, going to be interesting for him in his bench role. Cause what was so comfortable for him last year is just going back and back and back and back to that Montrez Harrell pick and roll, which was the Leeds' best pick and roll pairing last year. Um, and he's not going to have that anymore. I mean, he's going to have he, he's going to have Luke Kennard instead of Landry Shamit. Um, he's going to have to share the floor with with Reggie Jackson. And I I want to know at what point you know how how much Trez had an impact on his game if he doesn't have that that rolling big. Zubox is a good roller, but he's no Montrez Harrell. I mean, Montrez was elite, elite, elite on that level. So maybe he does get moved. I I, I don't know how, what that does for this team, but, I mean, you can't get rid of a guy who's gluing your team together, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It'll, it'll, it, it could be a tough, tough decision for, for the Clippers front office to have to make whether they feel they need to make a move or whether someone comes in with an offer. But moving on to a guy that not too many people are talking about. I'm looking at Re- Reggie Jackson in uh, in this position for the, for the Clippers team. That is not the name I thought you were going to come up with. <laughs> uh, he's just uh, he's a player I like. I think he's he's a impo- really important contributor for this team. I mean, stats-wise last year, I mean, he was, he was as efficient as hell. I mean, 45% field goal percentage, 41% from three shooting 90% from the line. This is a guy who's going to have to contribute. He's the kind of guy that that you need off the bench. You need an efficient scorer off the bench. And Reggie Jackson can certainly be that contributor for this Clippers team. If he's got his head in the game, I think he's kind of the guy that's going to be one of their most important uh, bench players. Yeah, it, I remember when they signed him and it was like, oh, they got another guy. They got Reggie Jackson. And then now at the end of the season, at this point in the season they had, it's like, oh, 
it's just Reggie Jackson. <laughs> like the the allure of of that that's what it, that's what happens when you when you have disappointing seasons. I mean, it affects the the value of all these players. It, they all come into question when when the team fails as a whole. Because um, I mean, we're not talking about how what we can talk about Patrick Beverly, and now we're talking about him as is he an overrated defender? Is he is his impact really not that great on the defensive end? He's just a, a hustle player, and these are all coming to question after really what was an exciting, exciting underdog year that they had, not last season, but the season before. And all these players are being are being looked at on, on the Clippers as as value rotation guys. And now you got Kawhi, now you got Paul George, and they're, they're going to be championship favorites. And now there's just so many question marks surrounding this team. It, it's – watch this team carefully. It's All it takes is a 10-game slide – or something, and we're going to see a lot of issues. And the reason I say that is because of what Kawhi said the other night. When he was being asked about re-signing with the team, I mean, he he made the business statement, but it wasn't the statement you want to hear as a Clippers man. He basically said, yeah, well, we'll see if I'm healthy, but I, I probably will decline my, my player option. Doesn't mean I'm signing back or not, but I'll probably decline it. Like, <laughs> that, that inspires absolutely no confidence that he currently believes in the team that he has around him. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's no, there's no vote of confidence from your best player who I think is kind of the reason why everything's kind of glum. He's your best player. Shouldn't be this guy who's just moping around the place half the time. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to look at Kawhi this year. Cause I think I have this theory that he plays his best basketball when he's got a chip on his shoulder. That's why he was so good in Toronto. He had that chip. He was he was pissed off that, that the Spurs traded him. And now after last year, people are questioning just how good he is. And you hope, uh, if you're a Clippers fan, you got to hope he's got that chip on his shoulder again and he can he can excel for this Clippers team and, and drive them forward. Win totals, 42 games. What are you going for? I, I'll take, I take the over on that. I think as a, as a regular season team, that they're, they're going to be successful enough to, to pass that. They're, they're going to be right up there with the Lakers. I mean, despite all these question marks, I think for a regular season team, they are going to succeed. Absolutely. I take the over on that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think I'd have to agree with you there. Certainly the, the question marks are going to come about this team when, when we get to playoff time. So we're going to, we're going to jump to a break here. I want to talk about a couple of teams right after this break that could be a lot worse than they were last year or a lot better there's a lot hinging on these two teams the nuggets and the warriors right when we come back hey you yeah you you listen this far whether you fell asleep, left your phone in the other room, or maybe you liked what you heard. So please don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can get our content every week. In the Christmas spirit, we are doing a special giveaway for our day one listeners, and all you have to do is be subscribed to the pod, follow us on Twitter at CoastNBA, and Instagram at Coast to Coast NBA Podcast for a chance to win. Now, back to the pod.
guys, we are back and we are looking at the Denver Nuggets. Um, a lot of question marks around this team after after last year, mainly because of a few of the off-season moves that they, they made, or maybe it wasn't their choice, but they lost some important defensive players and important role players in this team. I mean, they had quality last year and they had a great year went to the finals eventually got blitzed by by the lakers but what do you see from this denver team we looking at a better year this year i think they're going to drop off i i think despite all the momentum that you have it's it's gonna drop off because you said it the defense and their defensive numbers last year kind of went, went up and down and it was really related to their strength of schedule but you saw that really their defense stemmed from guys like Plumlee in the paint and Grant being like a wing stopper and losing Grant is huge for them. Maybe not in the regular season, because I think as a regular season team, they're going to be fantastic. Our offenses always show up in the regular season. When the game slows down in the playoffs, you need Jeremy Grant not having around. I look around this team and, Who's going to stop the opposing team's best wing? If you're facing up against Clippers, who's going up against Kawhi Leonard? Who's going up against Paul George? I don't see that guy unless Michael Porter Jr. somehow figured out in the offseason. And I definitely didn't see that when I was watching preseason of him. So they are maybe not going to be that much worse of a regular season team. But depending on their first matchup in the playoffs, it's not going to look good without Grant on the floor. Yeah, one thing for them is the last couple of years they've they've managed to secure home court advantage uh, in the playoffs, and I guess that's probably an important thing for them. Obviously, it didn't really count for much last year, but uh, if they can try and work that again, I think that could that could prove prove to be hugely important. I mean, the interesting thing about this Nuggets team is I think they've got the two favorites to win Most Improved Player this year. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, it's kind of a weird, a weird situation and if the two of them can have the big years that are being expected of them I mean they, they could be they could take an extra jump now this year absolutely I mean I guess when I talk about their them taking a, a dip I, I meant more in terms of competing for a championship because they were sniffing it last year I mean you're not going to beat out the Lakers but to be in the Western Conference Finals that's that has to be the goal now for this team after making it so you have to look at a guy like murray who i already picked as my most approved player i've already justified that and the stats all show that he can stay at that level of production and then you talk about michael porter jr this guy can be a microwave scorer all he has to do is figure it out to, to fit in with Jokic and fit in with Murray. If he can be a starter or if you have to throw him off the bench, if he can fit in on the offensive end, forget about defense. These, these, this team's going to outscore their opponents nine times out of 10 when they have these three going at the rate that they're, that they can go at. It's just the defense. And it's, it's really, that's the only question mark for me. And Paul Millsap is basically going to be their only plus defender minus get Gary Harris as a on-ball defender is solid, but as a health defender is basically non-existent. So, I mean, he's, he's kind of like a, an, an average defender really when you look at his impact, but Paul Millsap, I think he's ready to take a dip. 
they, they didn't resign him for to a long-term deal for a reason. There were just times in the preseason where he'd be going up for a dunk and he just didn't get lift. And he did, that was a layup. Like plays where he should have been more explosive. You can see he's starting to take a step back. And if they don't have a healthy Paul Millsap, if they don't have an impactful Paul Millsap, they don't have any defense in that starting lineup. They just don't. Yeah, definitely. What you said about the score margin, I think you look at them last year, they were six, sixth in score margin. So I think uh, you're absolutely right when you're talking about them being being capable and consistently blitzing teams when they, when they've got their their stars their stars playing well. I mean, we haven't even talked about about, about the Joker, Nikola Jokic. Uh, he looks this, good, mm. like physically. Like I've I haven't seen him look this good before. He looked terrible in the bubble, but he actually looks like an NBA player right now. Yeah, I think that's kind of the biggest thing. He's obviously he he he's worked hard, and, and you just hope it can. Uh, it can have a positive impact on on his output. I mean, this this is a crazy talented offensive player. I mean, obviously there's question marks over his defensive ability. You've seen him again to foul trouble in important moments. Uh, but offensive end, this guy keeps that team ticking, and he's just a a very very interesting player to watch and always fun talent. I mean, I love his playmaking, and I love I just love everything about it, his his offensive game. I I love I love the, the Joker kind of a uh, or about him you know he's just he's just a fun guy to watch on the court i mean we don't talk enough about the fact that he turned into like dirk Nowitzki for stretches in the bubble he's demonstrated the ability to take over games when he wants to whether he's taking these one-footed leaners he's driving into the paint i mean he's he's got this quickness about him that you don't notice i mean he's jogging up the court and all of a sudden he's He's sprinting to the to the hoop, and you just don't see that he's got that second gear. And if he's lost some weight, if he's gotten more athletic, that quick twitch that he's gotten him, that, that could get a lot, a lot, a lot better. And he's just one of the best offensive players we've ever seen in this league. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, the numbers say it. I mean, he's the, – the way that he can create shots – I mean, he was, he was almost leading the league behind, behind Ben Simmons and shots created for his teammates. And as a center – to have your team play around him, that's going to be massive for them. But when you look at the the playoffs, I'm, I'm scared of what it's going to look like when you face a team like the Lakers. And that was, that was the question for me is how can they get better to face the Lakers again the next year? And they don't really have a second option outside of Jamal Murray. And is it going to be, it can bowl bowl do something as a, as a starter? If Paul Millsap falls off, can Bobol be like this this unicorn from out of nowhere that can fix that? Because right now I'm not sold on their front court outside of Jokic and and uh, Porter Jr. But are you interested in him at all? Yeah, he be he's my guy for kind of the guy that that's not really being talked about. I mean, Bobol, seven two, twenty one years old. I mean, this guy has come out and said he wants Rookie of the Year this year. He qualifies because he made his debut so late last year. I mean, if you look at it on paper, he was a projected top five, top ten pick, and he didn't go to the second round. I mean, that could mean nothing, or it could prove to be an absolute masterstroke from from this Denver team. I mean, I don't think he's going to win Rookie of the Year. <laughs> don't get me wrong on that, but I think this is a guy who's determined to show his best quality after an a. Uh, obviously the injury that, that caused him to miss so much of last year. And I think this is the guy who's ready to ready to make an impact in in this Denver team. 
And Trace to look at, I am really interested to see if they move on from Gary Harris and Will Barton, two productive players for sure for this team. But you've heard it in their preseason talk. You've heard it in their training camp. This team is really high on their guy, PJ Dozier. They're really high on Michael Porter Jr. If you want to be good with these guys, you, you want to start them. You want to get them in your starting lineup. And Gary Harris still has some value. Will Barton is definitely a rotation guy that is respected across the league. Depending on how they start out, even if they start out well, they, they could end up moving from these guys. I'd watch for them to, to get moved on for better value. Yeah, I think that's kind of that. That'd be almost what they would hope for as well. If they do start well, like, and they look to make the trade, I think they'll be in a stronger position because, I mean, teams can kind of sense desperation if they started to struggle and then they went to look and look to make these trades. I mean, you'd kind of, you'd be like, okay, we have the power here if, as a as an opposing team. But if they make a strong start and they think they can find smart moves for these guys, I think, yeah. The end of the day, I'm not 100% sure on what the trades they should make, but I definitely think this team is not the finished product. And I think there is moves that that front office should be making uh, uh, during the season. Yeah. If they can go out and they can get a convincing or a couple of convincing defenders, that changes my, my mindset. That changes my mind on how deep they're going to go in the playoffs. Um Another team, the last team we're going to talk about here. Wait, the team wait, wait. We, we just got, we just got to say, forty wins for the Nuggets. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the four, the forty wins for them. I'll, I'll take the on. I, I, I honestly, I was when I was predicting here. I again, I didn't look at the the win totals, but I, I thought that they would be somewhere right at forty wins, depending on the moves that they make. That I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the on there. Nice, nice. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think I think I'd agree with you there. I think I'd kind of be thinking of either side of forty. I think is where the, where this Nuggets team is going to end up. But moving on to the the big one, the Golden State Warriors. Steph, Steph, you gotta you gotta have a really really huge year. This is th- how many Damian Lillard, Steph Curry comparisons are going to get throughout the year. <laughs> Uh, I I don't think it, uh, the, the, there's a number high enough to count that, to be honest. <laughs> this is the question for him, man. And I think this is going to be a pivotal year for him in terms of legacy. I mean, mm-hmm. if he doesn't make it that far in the playoffs, no one's going to discount his legacy as the greatest shooter of all time. That's That's there and that's going to stay there. But for a lot of people who look at him as not the best player on his team in, in the finals – first of all, but not one of the best stars in the league because of his individual impact, his lack of individual impact. At least that's that's the opinion. That's going to be extended even further if without Draymond Green really being himself, and he doesn't look like himself. Did, did you see Draymond in, in the preseason? I mean, he looks like a, a shell of himself. He doesn't look healthy, first of all. He just doesn't look right. I don't know. Well, he's out He's out now tonight. Uh, Wiseman's going to start. He's out with a foot injury, so why why is he starting tonight? So that that's a big question mark, and obviously losing Clay Thompson changes everything. Can't talk about it enough. And Steph Curry has to show, if he, if he can, that he can lead a team by himself. He's not going to have the Warriors that he had before, 
This is not a bad team by any means. We'll, we'll talk about a few of these guys, but can Curry do it by himself as the only star on this team? That is the question. Mm, absolutely. I mean, Curry, he's missed before before last season. He missed on average 22 games in uh, the two seasons uh, prior prior to uh, the COVID year last year. He's projected to play about 54 games this year, but the lack of efficient shot creation when he is not on the floor is going to be a huge detriment to this Warriors team and they're going to need some other guys to be able to step up or they're going to need Steph to be able to to play just to play more games really he, he's gonna his minutes are gonna be pushed to their limit this year if they want to contend mm-hmm. he's gonna have to play more minutes than he's ever played I mean how many games was he sitting out the fourth quarter in because the Warriors were just nursing a 20-point lead mm-hmm. he's gonna have to play more he's going to have to be more on the ball than he's been before because the effect of Steph Curry, the the gravity that he holds as an off-ball shooter was one of the biggest reasons that the Warriors were so successful. I mean, on, on the ball, he's a magician for sure, but he's going to need a little bit more of that. And that's going to be the comparison between him and Damian Lillard, I think, because Lillard is, he's a great off-ball shooter too, but his impact was done mostly on the ball. Can Steph Curry do the same thing? That'll be the comparison I look at. Maybe not comparing them to who's better, but I think Lillard is clearly a better on-ball scorer right now. Steph Curry has shown that he's a better off-ball scorer, but can he show that he's just as good as Dame at getting his shot by himself? Because he's going to have a whole lot of that this year. Hmm. It's going to have to do it. I mean, I think they got in Kelly Oubre get basically as the replacement for, for Clay Thompson. And this guy had a he had a good year last year with, with the Suns. I mean, he averaged near 19 points, shot 35% from three. But if the Warriors are gonna challenge and if Steph is gonna have a two guy in Kelly Ubre, he's gonna have to step it up this year. I think they don't count them out in a James Harden trade. This is another team that has shown they're not scared to make those big moves before. They've done it for Durant. They've they could seek out Harden, and the favorite rumor that I've I've been seeing pass around these days is Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, and the 2021 Minnesota first round pick for James Harden. I'm I'm still holding out hope that 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 Harden could get get moved. Obviously, the Rockets want to want to see what they can do to, to keep him around, but they they could be another dark horse. That could get in the mix for James Harden. Who knows? Yeah, I think that that would be an interesting one. I think they're a team that would want to make a move like that because they are without doubt a win now team. And I mean, at the moment, you're kind of it's all on Steph. You're looking at Steph and Care. They this this year is going to really have a huge impact on their legacies as a coach and as a star player. Can Steph be? be the guy I mean be be sort of what LeBron was in a couple of years without Kyrie in in Cleveland can he have that same same sort of impact I don't think so but at the same time with a guy that can score and then shoot three ball like him I'm not going to count him out and Andrew this is this is not a a bad team Andrew Wiggins is perhaps one of the most disrespected first round picks of all time but he deserves it half the time. I mean, he gets his offense off inefficiently 
and when he's won, it's not, it's, it's not really been celebrated. And this is really a big opportunity for him to flip the narrative on that. When he got to Golden State, we knew him as a bad defender. What he did last year is he doubled his block rate, he doubled his steal rate, and he looked more focused on defense. I think that's a Golden State effect. You, you go to a team that good, you, you got to show it on a defensive end. Mm-hmm. Andrew Wiggins without Klay Thompson, he's no longer going to be looked at as a trade piece, but he's going to be looked at as a legitimate part of this team. Can he be a second star around Steph Curry? It's not going to be Kelly Oubre. Kelly Oubre, he doesn't, he's shown that he can be a very, very good, very good uh, all-around player. Draymond Green, I think he might get replaced by by Eric Pascal eventually. He just, he just doesn't look healthy. He doesn't look right. A lot of these young players are going to have to jump, jump into a position that they've never been in before. And it could take a while for it to start to gel. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Wiggins, he'd be my guy when when you when we're looking at that 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 guy that people are are kind of sleeping on a bit. And as you said, I mean, he's he he has actually shown in in decent stretches he can be a serious offensive threat. It's just just impacted him so heavily the fact that he was that number one pick. I mean, everyone's just like, why the hell is he not the best player in the league already? I mean, if this <laughs> guy if this guy had gone somewhere around the ten mark or something, I think everyone'd be like, oh man, this guy's really really quality player and he, he, he he's he's he can only go up but as you said he, he came in and showed in the, in the few games that he played that he is he is capable of stepping up on the defensive end and he can add important points I mean this guy's got a lot of talent and I think maybe the Warriors is the right fit for him where he doesn't have to be the guy and he's in a team that want to win have a great coach and just have a great system in place that he can just develop his game into I'm, I'm right there with you. And I mean, the problem is like, I, I was completely against the idea of, of Andrew Wiggins staying there and be, and being this, this second star before, because the reason why he's so disrespected is because he hasn't added anything to his game. He's been that good and he stayed that good, but he hasn't gotten better. You haven't seen him change his body. You haven't seen him change his play style. You haven't seen him really add to his defense until for that stretch last year. So if that's if that's him opening the door to his potential that he clearly has, then that that's where I see it. But that's been my problem with him is that he hasn't made any jumps because he is that talented. He was in, he was the top pick for a reason and he has so much intrigue around him for that reason. But the the war the team and the league is going to quickly turn on Andrew Wiggins if if this isn't the year that he figures it out, that I think this is it for him. This is make or break for this player. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think I'd have to agree with you, and I think it's 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 a good it's a good ground to to kind of make that name for yourself. I think he's he's in the best situation he's been in in his career as part of this Warriors team to show his best self. Uh, just finally, got to talk number two pick James Wiseman. What do you what do you think? Say or look at it from the point of view as he's going to stay as a warrior this year and they're not going to, they're not going to move him on. What, what do you think we're going to, we can expect out of Wiseman uh, in this Warriors team this year? I don't want to, I don't want to expect a lot because previously I, I was, I was more excited for, for him thinking about him next to the, the Splash Brothers. Mm-hmm. Think, thinking if, if maybe Clay's injury wasn't so too serious and having him around there because Look at the bigs around them that 
was able to benefit from that. Kevon Looney, Damian Jones, uh, JaVale McGee, just, just guys who clearly are, they're, they're good rolling bigs, but they don't have a whole lot of talent outside of that. If you were to insert a guy with the talent like James Wiseman, you can imagine that his, his growth would be very accelerated and you can expect to have him as a impactful player in the playoffs if he can, if he can get his foot in the league like that. But if Draymond Green isn't healthy, I don't see, I don't see how James Wiseman can, can have that same accelerated growth because you can't expect him to be the primary interior defender right away. Mm. Look how that affected DeAndre Ayton. Ayton's clearly gotten better at it, but for bigs who don't have that natural defensive talent, that I think I think that James Wiseman has potential, but he doesn't have it all together yet. He's going to struggle at least for the first couple months, but I'm not completely sold on him being ready right away to take that on. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, you're talking about Green and Greens. He's going to be so big if he can't be part a, a key part of this of this Warriors team this year. I mean, and they it's kind of the heart of this Golden State Warriors team. That's what, that's what I always look at. At Draymond Green, I think he adds important defense, and I think he always is a guy that steps up in playoff time as well. So maybe even if they can't have him for for parts of the regular season, if they can get him healthy for playoff time, I think that could be big for this for this team. And you hope, I think, for Wiseman's sake, as you keep saying, I think to be able to play with Draymond and just have Draymond there uh, alongside him, I think that would definitely help him 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 develop into the league, but. I mean, Draymond, can he can he stay fit? I mean, there just definitely wasn't. There was definitely something wrong in that in that playoff. Whether it was the injury the whole time that's going to keep him out of the the season opener tonight, or that's a new injury and there's just something not right mentally for him. I don't really know, but it looks like he's lost weight too, like a lot of weight. Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit of a weird situation, but I mean, I guess I guess we just have to wait and see on that one, see how that plays out. 31 wins for the Golden State Warriors. What are you going for? Wow. 31 wins. Mm. Wow. They're, <laughs> the league's really low on the Warriors. I, I didn't realize that their, their win total would be that low. Mm. That's that's too low for me. I, I don't I, I think that's very much, very much underselling the impact of Curry. I I mean I, I'd have them closer to to, to 36. 36 wins or so. I, th- I thought they might be right around like the 35, 35 mark. I'm, I'm definitely taking the over on that. I, I have way more confidence in Curry's impact on this team. And even, even though green doesn't look good right now, I I'd hope that over the course of the season, he can get back into shape. And that's, that's the worst case scenario. I no way I'm taking over on that. Yeah, I think oh. I'd have to agree. I, I was shocked when I saw that 31 wins. I was thinking, I, mean, I think maybe 35 was going to be the mark, and I was kind of like, okay, yeah, maybe fair enough. But 31, I was like, no way, man. That that is just way too low when you got the the greatest shooter of all time in your team. Absolutely, absolutely. I this team will surprise people. I I really hope that Andrew Wiggins has a resurgence. I hope that James Wiseman is is an exciting big alongside Steph Curry, and if Steph Curry can can channel that part of his game where he's this on-ball magician. You saw it at times in, with, with the Warriors, but it just wasn't the best offense for them, especially especially when you have had Kevin Durant there. You want to get Kevin Durant the ball a little bit more, and Steph Curry was just 
very content to be an off-ball shooter running around screens and it was just easy money for him it'll be very very fun to watch him with the ball in his hands this year running a lot of pick and roll and we're gonna see plenty plenty more wins than than 30 i think well, let's uh, we'll wait and see. They got their they got their first game tonight up against against the Brooklyn Nets. We'll see what sort of way the Golden State Warriors are going to set up for the year. I guess tonight. I think Steph first first audition to show that he 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 he's that that all around guy that this uh, that this Warriors team need. Yeah, I can't wait, man. We finally got our our NBA games back. I'm excited to watch that game. I think the Lake Lakers are are on pretty late. How are you even going to watch that? That's pretty late for you out there, huh? It it might have to get uh, get recorded and then not look at the results <laughs> in the morning and watch it then. That might that might have to be the way I go. I'm going to do the same tomorrow. Tomorrow I'm looking at Phoenix and Dallas. That's a game I'm really looking forward to watching as well. You're going to have to start pulling night shifts and sleep during the day. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, that's the only option really. All the good games, a lot of the good games are usually on uh, usually on about three o'clock over here. So. <laughs> All right, well, guys, thanks for joining in again. We just wrapped up our Western Conference preview. We'll see how our takes hold. NBA starts tonight. We'll be back to break down some of these games and any other moves that have happened. James Harden is still a rocket. And we'll be back with all that and more on our next episode of Coast to Coast. episode of coast to coast don't forget to hit us up on instagram and twitter at coast to coast nba podcast to hear your takes discussed right here on the show and remember take every shot and love every moment